So the last message in the, in the series, Imagine, I want to talk about how imagine is a miracle word. Imagine is a miracle word. We talked about how imagine is a faith word. Imagine is a God thought. God himself imagines, okay? But then we talked about how imagine is a perseverance word. Uh, imagine is the word that where you have to keep at it. When you imagine something, uh, you don't imagine it for the next moment. And if it doesn't come to pass, that's just it. I stop imagining. No. Imagine is for the long haul. Imagine is for the long haul. And lastly, we need to understand that imagine is a miracle word. If you have your Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 3. I want to look at a couple of different passages of Scripture, but Galatians chapter 3, I just want to read verses 1 through 6. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. You may have the NIV or the traditional King James, but know that we will get to the same place together. Amen? Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see here, just at the beginning, uh, this is, that's way back in chapter 1. I'm going to get over to chapter 3. I just wanted to say that Paul is giving a greeting, and I want you to take this greeting to yourself. He's not, he's not, he's, he's not talking necessarily to the world, because he says the church is at Galatia. Paul is talking to the church. He's talking to the saints, which means he's talking to you. He's talking to you and me. So over in chapter 3, now he, 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 he gives them a greeting. He encourages them. Now look at the turn it takes here. All right, verse 1 in chapter 3, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. In other words, here's what I want to hear. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Did he, God is asking here through Paul, he's saying, was it by the law or was it by faith? You know, when you put yourself out there and you, you say, listen, I'm a person of faith. I'm a person who loves the Lord and I will speak about Jesus and I'll tell others about Jesus. How many know you're going to get some feedback from the world because you're not just talking to Christians, especially nowadays when you're on social media and the Internet and all of those types of things. And, uh, you know, probably like you, I've gotten a lot of feedback. I, you know, I've been told that uh, what I give out sometimes is simply brainwashing with a religious mask. That's one of the comments that I got, you know. Uh, and, and many others, many, many others, uh, you know, many other comments like that. And one of the things that we have to understand as Christians, and Paul is trying to get across why I wanted to read the first few verses of chapter one, is that 
when you are not a Christian, when you don't have the mind of Christ, we as Christians cannot expect people to understand spiritual things. Okay? And I'm saying that for a reason. I'm saying that because the same spirit that Paul is speaking with, see, I know you're saying you're, Pastor Mike, you're so nice, you know, you went through your episode a couple of weeks ago, that gave you different perspective, and you're just so nice to us. And uh, I am, I am, I'm nice, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> but God wants you to know this, that sometimes as Christians, you can be mean. You can be mean to people. And we don't gain people by being mean to them. Because they don't understand, you know, how, how do you respond to someone who says, well, you're, you put that little video on Instagram, you know, or that little meme or whatever it was about Jesus, and they respond and say, please, that's just brainwashing. You just shrouded in religion. Nobody's listening to you. How do you respond? Well, brainwashing, what do you mean? You're the dumb one. You're going to hell when it's all over with. <laughs> Come on, y'all. I know y'all want to respond that way sometimes. <laughs> but we can't respond that way as Christians. We cannot respond that way, <laughs> right? And it's because... What gave you the faith that you have? Was it the law that gave it to you or was it faith? Was it faith? Was it obeying the word of God? Was it something, uh, was it a revelation of Jesus Christ that God opened up in your spirit? That's a miracle. That's a miracle. I mean, God has stopped time. He created the heavens and the earth. He has, he has cured cancer in some people. He's, he's done tremendous things that I've seen, but the greatest of all of those things is when he saved me. Because I don't deserve it and I'm not worth it. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. I want you to know this morning that we serve a miracle God. God is a miracle worker. You know, I was, I was looking back in the Old Testament and I was seeing where the Israelites rejected the promised land. Get this, remember? They rejected the promised land the very first time when the two spies came back. They rejected it. They rejected it. And then in the book of Hebrews, it says, well, uh, God was upset by this. This bothered God that they rejected the promised land. And I thought, why do you think this bothered God so much? Was it because they rejected the fact that he didn't want to give them as much as they really wanted? Or was it because they rejected the fact that he wanted to give them more than what they would accept. Do you know this morning that God wants to give you more than you can accept? God wants to show you that he is a miracle worker. God, you know, I, I love how Pastor Lou Jody explained it one time to me. He said, you know what, God, uh, Brother Al, he said, God is like, uh, you know, the cavalry, not Calvary. He is, was on Calvary, but he's like the cavalry. You know, you've seen those old, well, some of you young people haven't, but when I was growing up back in the 70s, they used to have these, the old, they showed the old westerns, you know, and maybe a girl was tied up, you know, on the railroad track. Oh, help me! And the train was coming, and there was no hope. She was going to die. She was going to get run over by the train. Then all of a sudden, you heard in the distance, and a guy on a horse, <laughs> came up with a flag, and then a whole bunch of other guys came behind it. It was the cavalry coming to save the day. You know, that wasn't just in Westerns. That's actually biblical. Because I remember over in Acts chapter 16, when Paul said, and at midnight, come on, we sang praises 
unto God, right? And the prisoners heard us, Paul was saying. I'm giving it to you from his perspective. And then all of a sudden, the foundations of the jail started shaking. And everyone's bands were loosed. He said, and at midnight. It was the, it was the midnight hour. God loves to come in at the midnight hour when you think all hope is lost and just wipe it all away. And you say, what happened? What happened? I didn't even know what happened. All hope was lost. The storm was here. We were just about to die. And now everything is sunny and we're sitting on the beach. I don't understand what happened. Just like that. Just like that. God loves to perform miracles. God is not just a miracle worker. I know we got songs talking about how he's a miracle worker. I got news for you this morning. It's not just that God is a miracle worker. God himself is a miracle. He can't help it. That's just what he does. You know, one of the things, I hope God will forgive me for this. Forgive me, Lord. But, I, I, you know, I imagine God sitting around getting ready to watch the game. And he says, you know, I know, I'm sorry, Patty. He says, you know what, today I'm going to take it easy. I'm just going to take it easy. I'm not doing any miracles. I'm just going to take it easy. And uh, maybe he gets up to go get something to drink. And he opens up the fridge and all of a sudden, 10 miracles happen. And you say, God, I thought you said you weren't going to do any miracles. He says, I can't help it. It's just in me. It's who I am. I'm God. Every time I speak, it just miracles happen. Even when I try not to do miracles. Now we know that that's not true. I'm just, but, but it's who God is. He is a miracle. He just does it because he loves to do it. It's who he is, not just what he does. Here's also what I want to tell you. Now this, all of that you can agree with. You can say, okay, I can understand where you're going with that. God is a miracle. He's, he's just, he got miracles in him. And that's why he performs miracles. That's who God is. Can I tell you something? That God, his spirit is in you. And so every day, God wants you to live a life where every day there are miracles in your life. Come on. Now it's like, well, now, okay, hold on a second. I know God does miracles, but I don't know about miracles every day in my life. Why do you think God does miracles? It's not for him. He knows what he can do. He knows what he can do. He wants to show you, his people, his children, what he can do. And so this word imagine is to imagine a world of miracles. It's not to imagine a world of miracles. It's to imagine my world being a world of miracles. My world is a world of miracles. It is amazing that God is both so super spiritual and so super practical all at the same time. It is amazing to me that God wants us to just walk and be miracles every day. It's who he is. A God-sized dream, listen, takes a God-sized miracle. It can't be so. We always want to step in. But God says, listen, I'm the one that does the miracles. I'm the miracle worker. And if you would just allow me in your heart and me to control your life, you would experience this every day. A miracle is to believe and reach out and receive everything you need to fulfill your dream. God wants you to imagine. He wants you to imagine. I remember back in the Old Testament in 2 Kings when uh, you remember this, when the prophet told the king of Israel, he said, shoot your arrows. He said, go ahead and shoot them out the window. And he, he, he took the arrows and before he did that, he struck the ground. <laughs> but he only struck it three times. And he was upset with him. Why did you only do it three times? Why was he upset with him? 
It's because it, the attitude is that I, I know that God wants to do miracles in my life and God loves me, but I can only go so far in him. I can only go so far because, you know, I'm not really worthy of all of that that God wants to give me. But what God wants you to understand this morning is it's not about what you've done. It's not even about who you are. It's about what he's already done. And it's about what you believe. And so what he's asking us to do this morning is to take the arrows. See, for miracles in your life, cause it means that we have to have action on our part. He wants you to take the arrows. He wants you to strike the ground. And not only that, he doesn't want you to stop short. Don't go so far and say, Ooh, that was a lot. I don't know if I can go any farther. No, go further. Go further. If God's told you to go to university, you don't have to worry about the tuition. I'm going to tell you that this morning. But you will. That's all you'll focus on. Where am I going to get the tuition? Where am I going to get the money? How am I going to do this? I don't know about this class. This class, this, everybody hates stats. I, you know, I, I failed stats before, and now how am I going to do this? You ask all these questions. God is saying, move forward. Don't stop short. Just go. You can do this. You can do this. And don't let failure be a stopping point in your life. Let it be a learning tool. You know one of the mantras that I've, I'm really beginning to, I'll, I'll confess to you that I haven't, uh, you know, Eldon, all the way taking it into my heart. But I, I really need to. The mantra that I'm really uh, wanting to understand and be a revelation in my life is the fact that uh, I always win. I always win. Either I win or I learn. I never fail. That's how we have to look at it. Either I win or I learn. I win or I learn. And it's not, that's not being arrogant. That's not being any of those things. That's giving God all of the glory in your life. Because God wins. God wins. God doesn't lose. He's not a loser. And if he's in you, how do you lose? Because when you say I lose, you're saying God loses. Or God's not in you. Which is it? You have to, it has to be one or the other. But God wins. If God is in you, then you will win. All things work together for the good. Now, now, let me just say something about this verse real quick. I won't be much longer. Just an edification. All things work together, Romans 8.38. When I hear that verse, one of the things that I always uh, take to heart is, I, I say, all things work together for the good of them. But the verse doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. All things work together for the good. Stop right there. So there is a good. It's God's good. All right? All things work together for the good to them that are the called. See, we have our own idea of what, our, what good for us is. Good for me would be, uh, you know, I, I saw something the other day that said, you know, there are some days where I just want somebody to give me a hug and six million dollars and tell me it's going to be okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think that would be good. <laughs> I think that would be good. We all have our ideas of what would be good for us. But God says all things work together for the good, the good. But what we have to understand is the good is the best for us. It's just not what we think it is. 
It's just how we think of miracles. See, miracles are not contrary to nature. That's what we think. We think miracles are contrary to nature because if, 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 if a, you throw a rock up in the air and it doesn't fall, it's not following the law of gravity, so it's, it's contrary to nature. No, miracles are contrary to what we believe about nature. You, we don't know everything about it. We only know what we've learned so far. But miracles are not contrary to nature. They're just contrary to what we know, what we believe about nature. And so this is why God is saying, imagine, imagine a life of miracles, surprises, unusual, extraordinary, and fulfilling all of your dreams. Imagine a life like this. But in order to do this, I'll give you five things. Miracles, miracles, and a miracle life takes a miracle working God. So the first thing you have to do is believe that God is a miracle worker. Not just that he is a miracle worker, but that he is a miracle worker for you. He just doesn't do miracles for the church. He just doesn't do miracles for those who have cancer. He just doesn't do miracles for those who have sacrificed their whole life uh, for him in the, in the physical, who have, have taken a vow of poverty or silence. He just doesn't do miracles for those people who are right all the time. He does miracles for you because it has nothing to do with what you do. Well, Lord, I, I don't, you, you know, I, I'm too bad for you to, you know, first I got to get myself together. It's the stupidest thing we could ever say. I got to get myself together. You'll never get yourself together good enough for God to do something for you. He says, come to me. Come to me. He doesn't say get yourself together. Come to me and I'll get you together. One touch from his divine hand and more is accomplished in the time of a lightning flash then all of our struggles and mental endeavors could work in a thousand years. Acts 2.22 says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles. This is how he was attested to you. By miracles, by wonders, by signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. This is how Jesus presents himself to you, by miracles, wonders, and signs. God loves you, and he wants to show you that he's a miracle-working God. Now there's something you have to do. Now that you understand that God is a miracle-working God, a miracle life takes a miracle mindset. You have to have a miracle mindset. Your mind can't be on your circumstances constantly. Your mind can't be on quick fixes all the time. Your mind has to be on God doing miracles for you. Because without faith, it is impossible to believe. It is impossible to please. Without faith. You know, Dehock, the leader of Visa, said this. He said, the problem is never how to get a new imaginative thought in your mind. He said, the problem is how to get the old ones out. Every mind is a room packed with archaic furniture. You must get the old furniture of what you know out. <laughs> you must think and believe. Get all of that out. All of those old thoughts and all of those old beliefs. Get them out so that way the new one can come in. Make an empty space in any corner of your mind and creativity will instantly fill it. You are a creative being. 
You can do this. This is one of the things that I really try to get into the mind of my kids. And that is that if somebody else can do it, you can do it. All things being equal. If it's your purpose in life. If it's your purpose, if God told you to do it, God's equipped you with the gift, then if somebody else can do it, you can do it. You're not comparing yourself to someone else. But, but people do that all the time. Well, I'll never be as good as them. Or Come on. They can do it, you can do it. They're human. And you serve the God who created the universe. And then, miracle life takes large prayers. <laughs> Here's what I mean by that. Jesus said something very simple, but I don't know that we all take it to heart. He said three things. He said, ask and you shall what? Seek. Knock. Now, what stipulations did he put with that? Did he say, ask, and if you ask real nicely, and if you ask for an hour and a half, then I might think about answering what you're asking me. Did he ever say that? It was simple. Ask, and you shall receive. Those are the words of Jesus. I'm not adding any words. I'm not taking any words away. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. James came behind that and said, what? You, somebody knows it. You have not. Or you ask amiss. <laughs> A miracle life takes large prayers. You can go boldly to the throne. And if you know the Lord, if you have a relationship with God, you'll understand that we go to God with respect, that we go to him with praise in our mouth. We go to him with worship in our heart. We know how we come into the king's court, but you can come into the king's court. You can come in and ask. You can come. He's saying, come, seek my face while I may be found. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock. And the door will, 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 will be opened to you. A life of miracles takes large prayers. A miracle life takes getting out of the boat. Now here's where we're talking about actions. It's going to take us to do something. Can't sit and wait for miracles to happen. You can. But do you know that obedience brings a good life? But full and total obedience brings a miracle life. Doing what God tells you to do, what he asks you to do. Being obedient to the word brings a miracle life. We got to do something. We got to get out of the boat. We have to do it. We said it a few weeks ago. God told you to start a business. What are you waiting on? Well, I'm waiting on everything to get in line. I'm just kind of waiting on God to tell me when. He had already said do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's time to stop staring up the steps. Start stepping up the stairs. Come on. I understand waiting on God. I do. I understand that. We, and some of us do. We get ahead of God because we don't have a word from God. But once God has given you the word, once you have a peace in your spirit, now what are you waiting on? Now what are you waiting on? Miracle life takes Jabez praying. In other words, you pray with such confidence and you're not afraid to ask. You're not afraid to ask. I remember Brother Clarence Hauser telling the story about someone who had 
won a ticket. You, many of you may remember this. They won a ticket on a cruise ship. Some of you remember that story. And they, if you, has anybody ever been on a cruise? You know, you go on a cruise, and uh, I know you've been on a cruise. You go on a cruise, and one of the things that you find on a cruise is you pay for it, and then it's all inclusive. They got food to my detriment at all hours of the night. They have, you know, whatever you want to do. You can go to the hot tub. You can sit on, on the top deck out below the stars. Uh, you can eat. You know, you can do whatever you want to do, and you can also eat. And uh, you can do whatever you want to do, you know. And, but all of that's paid for. You just you pay that price, and you go on the ship, and then, you know, for how many ever days you're out there, you just do it. This person won this ticket, and uh, they didn't know all of that. So they went, and they went in their cabin. They said, well, you know, I'm so happy that I'm on this ship, but I really don't have money to buy stuff to eat and to do all these other activities. So that person stayed in their cabin the whole five days and four nights or whatever it was that, that they were on the cruise ship, not knowing that everything was all paid for. Do you know that some of us live our life that way when we're living for God? We don't know that all of this God has already given us. He's already provided for us. But because we're afraid to go boldly to the throne, because we're afraid of what faith might bring, we're afraid of disappointment, we're afraid of failure, we're afraid of all of those things, we never get to where God wants us to be. We never fulfill our purpose and we never have a fulfilling life. And it's not God's fault. It's not other people's fault. You have to understand that you are the greatest influence in your own life, not your professor. Not even your parents. They're a great influence in your life. But you get to a certain point, you are the greatest influence. And we have to allow God to be the greatest influence in our life and not other humans. Come on. Let me just throw at you these five confessions of a miracle-driven, imagined life. And I want to say this to you, that when we talk about miracles, don't think of miracles as one-time events in your life. What I'm trying to get across to you this morning is that God wants to, you to be a living, walking, breathing miracle. That's the practical side of it. He wants you to be an overcomer. He wants you to always be able to walk on water through a storm. He wants you to always be able to, to, to handle any circumstance, whatever it might be that others might see as a miracle, but it's just something that God's in me, the Holy Spirit's in me, so it's just what I do. It's just what I do because I follow God. Number one, I have settled in my heart that God is a miracle-working God. Yesterday, today, and forever, he is already releasing the miracles I need for my dream. How many believe that this morning? Yesterday, today, and forevermore, he's already releasing the miracles that I need for my dream. Number two, I pray in faith and release all the miracles that God has for me. The hidden the delayed or the resisted miracles. I open the door for these miracles to overtake my life. I say resisted miracles because there's many miracles that God wants us to do for him, but we are like that person in the cabin. We're resisting. We're like the Israelites who when they came and said, yeah, there are giants in the land, but we can take it. We can do it because we have a word from the Lord. We resist. And this is saying, listen, I'm not going to resist miracles anymore. God, you want to do it? I will step out and I will allow you to do it in my life. What do you want me to do? And I'll do that. And I'll let the miracles, I'll let you handle that. Come on. 
Number three, I know God loves me and accepts me. Now you might say, oh, well, that's, uh, you know, kind of duh. We already know that God loves me. But do you really believe that God loves you? God loves you and accepts you. He knows who you are. He knows what you've done. He knows how you think. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He knows all of that stuff and he still accepts you. You are accepted. And because he accepts you, he's not willing to allow you to stay where you are. He's the only one that can change you. He's the only one that can change you. But we have to believe and know in our heart that we are accepted. I have a God-given great dream and destiny and nothing can or will stop my God-ordained future. Settle it in your heart this morning and imagine, imagine. Number four, I believe my dream will have all the miracle resources that I need. So that just takes away your questions about, well, how, I, you know, I'd like to do that, but how's that going to happen? How, I don't have that much money. I don't have that much schooling. I only have a bachelor's degree. And then those who uh, have a, have a uh, master's degree say, well, I only have a master's degree. And, and those who have a doctorate degree say, I only have one PhD. I mean, we could go on and on. Of course, you're going to be limited. <laughs> But there will be more than enough. I will have all I need as the occasion arises. And here's the kicker of that whole sentence. Because God is my provider. God is my provider. If God be for me, who can be against me? And then lastly, I refuse to be limited or stopped by any obstacle, any person, any opinion that restricts my God-given dream. I will live my dream to the full. There used to be this saying when I was growing up. I don't know that people say it a whole lot anymore, but sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And uh, I, I think that that's partially true in some occasions. I think that names do hurt us. But what I want to tell you this morning, I want you to think about that as you call other people's names. But if you're the one on the receiving side, then don't believe it. Because names can't hurt you. Only if you allow them to hurt you. If someone says something about you or judges you in an improper or mean, hurtful way, that is just their opinion. It is not God's opinion about you. God has already given his opinion about you. He's already given you what he thinks of you. And that's, he knows more than anybody knows about you, including your parents or your spouse. He knows all of your shortcomings, all of your failures, all of your offenses. All of your disobedience. Come on, he knows all of that. And David said, you have set your love upon me. Know this morning that he has accepted you. And when you know that in your heart, now you might say, well, you didn't focus that much on the word imagine, but I said all that to say now it's easy to imagine. Now that I know that God loves me and he set his love upon me, and no matter what I do, I can't get away from him. I can't get away from him. God will do you just like my mother used to do me. She'd try to get me, and I'd try to run. She'd say, you can't run from me. <laughs> you can't run from God. There's nowhere you can go. You can't run from his love. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, and they were in the garden, they realized they were naked. What did they do? They tried to hide. But what did God do? He came after them. He came after them to give them a whooping. 
You know what? It was about his love. It was about his love. His love came after them. He, his, not his meanness, not his wrath. His wrath didn't chase them down. His love chased them down. Did he chasten them? Yes, but it, he chastened them because of his love. And he already provided a way for them to get back to him. That's how you should imagine God this morning. His love chases you down. 